What's up, Knicks fans? You're listening to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. I'm Danny Small, just here to give you a quick preview of what we have coming for you today. A little different show. We don't have all three hosts on at the same time, but Matt Castillo hosts Saturday Sports Report on 1400 Spartanburg Radio in South Carolina, and he had myself and Chip Murphy on to do two spots on his radio show. So we're not talking Knicks today, but we were talking about The Last Dance and kind of just giving some of our final thoughts on it. So with that said, I'll let the radio spots speak for themselves. First up is Chip, and then a little later you'll hear me talk a little bit about The Last Dance and all that good stuff. Thanks for listening. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. No problem, Chip. I I, I wanted to uh, get your overall thoughts. That you know that, that the documentary has come to an end. What What did you think about this documentary? Uh, you know, we were talking about it earlier today. We we loved, you know, the the way they put it together and, and thoroughly enjoyed it over the last you know, five weeks or so. Uh, what are your thoughts on how they how they did everything? Yeah, I loved it too. Uh, it was a lot of fun to watch, uh, especially when we didn't have any sports. We needed it. I like that they pushed it up. Uh, I don't really remember Michael Jordan too well, uh, but I'm a fan. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, you know, they showed video of them sweeping the net in the first round in 98. I was actually right. at one of those games nice. at Continental Airlines. Yeah. I remember going to that. I was really young, but we sat like me and my dad sat way up top. I was only like nine years old, but it was really cool. There was obviously it was one of the few games at that awful Continental Airlines arena that was actually sold out, but it was very cool. Just to be able to say that you saw him, you know, but uh, yeah, it was amazing. Just Michael Jordan. You never hear him talk, you know, he's very, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's very, out of the spotlight. Yeah, he's very private. The only time you ever really see him is at a Hornets game. So he's very rarely uh, on TV. He doesn't really even go on, like, ESPN or anything. So, yeah, it was cool to hear him talk that much and talk about very controversial things. I didn't know how much he'd get into the certain subjects that he talked about, like the stuff like the Republicans buy sneakers, too, you know, stuff like that. I thought it was very interesting that he talked about that. I didn't know if he'd skip over it. Uh, he, uh, the stuff with Isaiah Thomas may have been the most interesting stuff out of everything. I thought that was very interesting. And then the stuff with, uh, Steve Kerr, when he punched Steve Kerr, I thought that was very, I mean, we all were all looking forward to that storyline there. Oh yeah. But, uh, yeah, but the stuff with Isaiah and the bad boy Pistons, how the Pistons kept beating them. And he finally, he was like, I'm just going to go work out and bulk up just to beat the Pistons. I mean, that was so great the way they the way they did that that was great I, I loved it you know and chip one of the big things that comes from it is of course uh the kind of teammate that he was and what were your thoughts on that did you you know there's some people that uh are a little disappointed to see you know jordan was that kind of uh, of a harsh kind of teammate uh you know others that 
have competed before understand it and get where it comes from. But what are your thoughts on his perception after that? Uh, do you think, you know, do, do, does your view kind of change a little bit of who Michael Jordan is after hearing some of the stories and how his teammates feared him? No, because I I wasn't really surprised by it. Exactly. I mean, like yeah. I said, right. I knew this. I knew the story of him punching Steve Kerr in the face. <laughs> so I wasn't surprised that he was a, a jerk to his teammates every once in a while. Like when he, like the stuff with Scott Burrell. You know, that's the one he abused. The yeah, most. we were talking about that before. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but he's also like they said he's friends with Scott Burrell right now. So mm, I right. mean, he he goofed on him all that time, but I, I think it's because he kind of liked him. So, I mean, he, you know, he wasn't very nice to him, but Scott Burrell, Scott Burrell got it the worst. I think he, I think he got it the worst because he probably, it felt like he thought Scott Burrell could have been better than he was because they said Scott Burrell was a first round pick and he played at Villanova, but he wasn't very good. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't think any less of Michael Jordan because I wasn't surprised that that was the way he talked to his teammates. And, yeah, I I didn't really expect that people would be like, I can't believe Michael Jordan is so mean to his teammates. Why? I, Kobe Bryant was like that too. Right. You heard the videos of Kobe Bryant talking to Jeremy Lin. Right. It's not yeah. He hated yeah. Jeremy Lin. <laughs> it's not because he hated Jeremy Lin. He liked Jeremy Lin. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted him to play better. Right. And Chip, we wanted to ask you too. Uh, you know, obviously from this documentary, it's it's been about Michael Jordan and. Uh, it brings up a very popular uh, barbershop debate, uh, if you will, yeah. and and uh, it's it's been out there, you know, LeBron versus Michael, and and this conversation's back again. We've discussed, and you know, we we fall into the camp. We we'll talk about this here in just a little bit, uh, where where we sit uh, on this debate. But we wanted to ask you: do you do you sway one way or the other, or do you kind of say, look, they're they're two different players, they're two different eras? What's what's your take on that that conversation? I kind of I agree with you on the last part there. It's hard to compare eras. Like, you know, when people put Bill Russell in the greatest player of all time debate, I'm like, come on, you can't do that. We never <laughs> even saw him play. It's hard yeah. to do that. Like I, but in terms of comparing the two of them, I think Michael had the best career. He went six for six in the finals. But when we say, like, you know, he never faced a team like the Warriors, of course he didn't. No one ever did. But we can't really penalize him for never going up against a team like that. So I'm going to say Michael had the best. What I always say is Michael had the best career, but I do think LeBron is the best player. I also think that if Michael played today, maybe he would have gotten better. We saw his drive. We saw how good he became. Like I mentioned, the stuff with the Pistons. If he played at the same time as LeBron, I feel like that would have motivated him to be better than LeBron. So, I don't know. I, I'm i going to say LeBron, at the end of the day, is going to put up better numbers than Michael. So, we may say he's better, even though the, the Michael people are going to say, well, Michael went six for six. LeBron lost a bunch of finals. Right. LeBron did play better teams, you know. And how long are people going to use that Mavericks finals against him? Can we really still use that? Come on. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Let's not use that still. He was awful, though, Chip. As the biggest I mean, LeBron fan in this room right here, he was so <laughs> bad. Man. It was awful. I, I try to block that out. But here's something else that's awful. We, we yeah, talked about this. He carried Matthew Dellavedova. Yeah. The Warriors. Yeah, on. that's true. That, that's true. Beat him twice in, the, in that series with that team. Uh, but the, here's something else that's awful for us, Chip, that I wanted your perspective on. Um, episode six, five and six were especially uh, tough 
as Nick fans, as they showed, oh. you know, the, the Bulls, <laughs> this is crushing us, you know. And we talked about this on the podcast before about the media not shutting up and, uh, you know, kind of sparking the fire in Jordan again, especially in that 93 series. Uh, but, you know, you kind of with me, because I, I said it again today, I still don't know how the Knicks, especially when Jordan left, how do we not win one championship after that? But also, how hard is, was those episodes watching for you as a Knicks fan, seeing the Bulls just crush us? That was hard to watch, man. I, I, I feel bad for, do you think Charles Smith watched those games? No, not at all. Uh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you got to go up and carry somebody on your back and dunk that thing, man. You can, uh, uh, Man. Four, four times to get blocked. Oh my God, that was sad. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, that was rough. I mean, I I have even more respect for Patrick Ewing after watching that. When he goes after the loss, he just goes right into the Bulls locker room and shakes Michael's hand. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really impressive. That shows who he was. But yeah, I it was tough to watch, even though you know it's happening. And then when you know the stuff about Michael gambling, and of course the media has to keep nudging him and nudging him and egging him on until they motivate him to crush the Knicks. Like, and I think me and you have talked about this before. We may have even talked about this on our podcast. Like, we always joke about how the Knicks media wants us to lose, but they literally motivated Michael Jordan to beat the Knicks in that situation. Yeah. Like, it was kind of funny. But, yeah, it, it was tough to watch. But uh, at the same time, the Knicks weren't portrayed too badly. But also, the only thing that really bothered me was, like, I think Michael Jordan said that the Pacers were the biggest threat to the Knicks in the 90s. I, I thought that was kind of ridiculous. Yeah. And not the Knicks. Like, come on. Yeah. The Pacers over the Knicks. Because he said in the, those episodes, yeah, man, man, like, we had to prepare for the Knicks. And then all of a sudden, it kind of came to the end. And he was like, the Pacers in the late 90s. It, I was yeah. kind of like he said that about like three different teams. So which one is it? You know, Detroit early, <laughs> right. Knicks middle, yeah. and, then, and then I was like, "Come on, man, you got to pick one here." Don't die. I felt real good about yeah. being that being said. He said the Knicks were the biggest problem. And then like two episodes later, yeah, Pacers were the biggest problem. I was like, "What?" I think it might be <laughs> yeah. like the the second three peat. It was the Pacers, and the first yeah. three peat. It may have been the Knicks. Yeah, Maybe, that's the yeah. Yeah. And before yeah, before yeah. any of the three peats, you had to get through Detroit. You had to get through Detroit. Could be, but you got through yeah, an old maybe. decrepit Detroit. Yeah, maybe because well, they had Rick Smith, who had like bit. three rebounds in that in that clinching game, and they smoked they smoked the Pacers in that last game. The Pacers were really good, but I don't know. The, the Knicks had uh, I don't know. He, you're, you now that I think about it, you're right. I think he did say that a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> but the, it, it also the Indiana was good. The yeah. Knicks could, could yeah, beat them again. Were. You know, Patrick missing the layup, and all those things. I had just. Uh, I, I hate you're it. You're just having a lot of I, bad memories. It, it, it brings you back the 90s is yeah. so great, but so bad at the same time. We started talking about know? the Pacers, and all I can think about is uh, Reggie Miller. We don't want to talk about that. I'm just saying. We Sorry. don't want to talk about Although Tommy Beard push off. wrote a great uh, article uh, disputing how clutch Reggie Miller is, if you want to read that. so Reggie, That's another thing about this documentary, though. Yeah. I think people get reminded how good Reggie was. Reggie was pretty good. He was good. He was, he, and, and he was one of those players that could talk junk. But back it up. There's so many players that just love to talk, and they're just they're they're nothing. They were a good team, though. I mean, yeah, they were. You had Smiths in the middle, and the Davis brothers. You had the Davis brothers. You had Mark Jackson at point guard. Jim I mean, they, Chris Mullen. Yeah, they were good. They were. I mean, Jalen they were no Rose slouch. Was really good. Yeah, really good. I just, uh, it just uh, anytime you think of the '90s, we got to go into how how <laughs> awful it is. 
Should, should we talk about the John Stark disappearing in the 94 mm. finals? <laughs> just ah, disappearing. Yeah, just, oh. We had a whole, we are, we're doing like a what if series on our podcast right now. So we just oh, yeah. kind of went into this and uh, it was, it was bad. And you got me talking about the 2013 playoffs and all that stuff here. But what if you, Isaiah Thomas never took over the York. next, that one's coming. Uh. <laughs> that, one, that one's coming. Yeah. Uh, seriously, Chip, the only man on the planet that seems like Isaiah Thomas, you talked about this with, with seeing uh, that th- there's clear feud between Jordan and, and uh isaiah thomas only one on the planet that seems to like isaiah thomas is james dolan that should say yeah, it all yeah, right he there loves them. pretty much he loves they, them. They, they kept him off the dream team because they hated him mm. and he's talented and the only person on the planet that likes him is james dolan that should say it all <laughs> that's yeah, all he loves him he tried to hire him back again yeah. after wow. like two years later and donnie walsh quit over it yep and, th- <laughs> and then he put him in charge of the liberty yeah oh my god yep. which was we don't even need to go into why that was insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good stuff, Chip. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by, getting up early with us, and, and talking about this documentary. Uh, we always appreciate your time. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on again, always. No problem. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again real soon. All right, guys. All right, have a good one. That's Chip Murphy of ESMY. Does a great job. Uh, you, cover, you follow him on Twitter. Read his articles. Does a great job. Knows the game really well. Uh, you know, just uh, gets deep into it, deep into uh, you know. I'm a stats guy too. He he blows me away with some of the stats that he that he he gets into, and I'm like, oh, huh. <laughs> he has to explain a lot of that to me. Uh, but you know, does does a great job of covering the league. Uh, but let's, let's take a break here. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number two. Matt, uh, you're building me up. I got, I got a lot, of, <laughs> lot to live up to now. So hopefully, you, I don't disappoint. You can't choke. You can't. You, <laughs> exactly, you, you can't yeah. pull a J.R. Smith in 2013 <laughs> or John Starks in 1994. You can't do that. No, no. I got to be more like Jordan here. See, I got, I'll, I got. I'll, I'll try. I got, I got a reference in there again. You like how I did that? <laughs> I, I, I knew you have. You have to get that J.R. Smith to that. It's every episode. <laughs> I think they're tired of hearing me say it. I think Danny and Chip are so tired of hearing me talk about it. But it's every episode. I can't let it go. I won't let it go. I think I made a promise that I will stop talking about it, but I lied already. So it's okay. I'm, I'm cool with it. It, it doesn't bother me. And I, <laughs> at this point, it's like you know, I expect it. I'm, I, I want to hear it at some point. So I'm, I'm glad we're just getting it out of the way. <laughs> I hear you, man. But let's talk about the last dance here. Um, you know, what were your overall thoughts on it? We, uh, we shared ours. Chip shared his early on in the show. Uh, what were your overall thoughts on the whole entire documentary? Well, you know, I think like any basketball fan, pretty much, like I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining uh, at this point in time when there's really nothing going on. I think we all needed something like that to kind of, you know, and just it kind of like everyone was watching it together. You know, you jump on Twitter, you know, you talk to your friends. It was like everyone was watching it at once. So I, I liked that whole aspect of, you know, it gave us something to do on Sundays, you know, no live sports. It gave us kind of like an avenue to, uh, have a similar experience to what we would, you know, watching the NBA playoffs or things like that. So I thought in that respect, it was good, but I also don't think this is something that necessarily told the full story, which is what it was billed as because Jordan's an executive producer. He's obviously going to make sure that he's not coming off, you know, looking bad at all in any of it. Um, I thought some of the stuff like, they really blew off Gary Payton and basically said, Oh, he didn't do anything to stop Jordan in the finals. But if you look at it and you watch the games, 
switching Gary Payton onto MJ was a good move. And I just thought, you know, in a lot of places, it just, you know, it, it built Jordan up. And I know that was the goal. The goal was to make Jordan look like the GOAT, you know, and the greatest and all that. Um, so, you know, they did what they, they wanted to do. But it wasn't necessarily as in-depth, um, you know, kind of peeling back the layers as I wanted to. You know, it's funny you said that because Caleb said the same thing when, when he was talking about his uh, his overall viewpoint. You were talking about how it was more about yeah. promoting Jordan than it was the Bulls mm-hmm. in the 90s, but you don't have a complaint about but you're just saying you yeah, definitely yeah. got I mean, it. Jordan's agenda was in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every minute of it. Um, I just think that it was billed as this 97-98 season documentary, and I'm kind of thinking, well, it's 10 parts. There's no way it's just the 97-98 season and sure enough, we get uh, Michael Jordan from elementary school <laughs> mm-hmm. all the way through the 98 season. And again, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that... It's not what they promoted. It. Yeah, yeah, it's not what it was billed as. It was great. I have no problem with the with the documentary. It was just... I, I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I just think that there's, there's some things that were left out that we'll probably never know. Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the 10 hours of film that we got... I mean, there's no telling how many hours of film were not placed in uh, this this documentary, right. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I agree with you 100% there. I think that there was some stuff that was definitely left out on purpose. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, I, I enjoyed it. I definitely did. I thought it was, you know, entertaining, you know, going through a lot of those, you know, those classic Jordan moments was, was really uh, fun to see, especially for me, you know, I've wasn't alive to see, you know, Jordan when he was Jordan. I remember Jordan on the Wizards, but, you know, I was I was too young to really understand or grasp what was going on. It was cool to see, you know, the flu game and, you know, a lot of those iconic moments. Um, but, yeah, you, you can't help when you're watching it to just kind of think, like, this is, you know, 10 hours long of just Jordan propaganda. Uh, <laughs> and then you go back to kind of the, the reported – the time when he said he agreed to let them, you know, go through with the documentary. I guess it was reported that it was, you know, the day of the Cavs 2016 championship parade that he decided <laughs> that. So, like, yeah, this was this was all about one thing, and it was all about pushing uh, Jordan past LeBron as, you know, the goat or whatever, you know. And you see, like, a lot of young guys, R.J. Barrett, John Morant, um, a couple other guys that can't come to my mind right now. But a lot of those guys in interviews this week were like, yeah, I'm re- rethinking, you know, the GOAT discussion. I think it's got to be MJ. And that's exactly what he wants. That's interesting you said that because that, that's what we're about to get into, uh, you know, after this <laughs> segment because it, it's it's exhausting. And we knew this going back when this documentary was going to be released, that people are going to spark up this, this tireless debate. Mm-hmm of Jordan and LeBron. And, and before we shared our perspective from it, we wanted to get some from others' perspectives. Uh, did, did this documentary change your viewpoint in any way between the whole Jordan and LeBron debate? Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I think I probably had Le- uh, Jordan slightly ahead of LeBron and kind of my one-two anyway. Um, but I, I do, and I, I, like, I know everyone says, oh, I hate the talking about mj jordan or uh, mj lebron I, I hate that debate um but for me like it's not that i hate it it's just i i didn't see jordan live like i didn't see kareem i didn't see will i didn't see russell i didn't see all these guys yeah i can look at stats i can you know watch replays and things like that but i can't you know i i, I can't really really make an accurate and you know 
fair, uh, I guess, you know, whatever, fair call on, on the GOAT debate because, you know, I didn't see these guys live. You know, if you want to ask me, you know, who do I think is better, LeBron or, you know, someone else from his era, um, you know, who I've watched their entire careers, I can do that and I can feel more comfortable with that. Um, but gun to my head, I think I still have MJ slightly ahead of LeBron. And he's got, I mean, he's got time still. LeBron can, you know, kind of have a, a nice uh, finish to his career in L.A. with, you know, a couple more championships. Then maybe the conversation changes. But for now, and maybe this is the Jordan propaganda seeping into my brain too, but for now I still have MJ slightly ahead of LeBron. You know, and my thing is, and what, like I said, I don't want to, it's just I don't mind the debate. But there's so much reaching, like there's mm-hmm. some there's there's so many people that just just come up with stuff from left field, that it's, <laughs> it's just it, from both sides, not just LeBron fans, not just Jordan. It's just it's it's awful, it's just awful. And I think I mean the was, NBA was so bad in the '90s, but there's no defense. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you're right. It goes way left, way right, whichever side you're on. It's it, it's, it's all really over ridiculous. the place. It, it's it, it's insane here, but. Uh, you know, Danny, last question I had for you is we just talked about this a, a segment prior. Uh, you know, there, there seems to be more of an aftermath of, of reports now. We know Horace Grant isn't happy. You know, he was mm-hmm. on a podcast talking about how he's not happy that Jordan basically threw him under the bus by calling him a snitch. But there's there's a report that Scottie Pippen's not happy the way he's betrayed. Uh, we've got a good laugh because Gary Payton's upset that Jordan laughed at him. When he was talking about how he locked them down in the finals, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, type things. But my question to you is, do you think these guys should be upset by the way that they were portrayed? Because there's no doubt this is a Jordan agenda thing. And that's why they, they are upset at Jordan, because they know it's coming from him. It's the, the image that he wanted put out. Uh, do, do they have legitimate beef here, or should they just kind of look at it as no big deal and not let it bother him as much? Yeah, I think uh, you kind of with those three guys you mentioned, those are, you know, the three big names that stick out. Um, Grant, obviously, there's there's history there. So, um, you know, I, I'm not surprised he's upset about it because uh, they they didn't cast him in the best light necessarily. Uh, but, yeah, there's, there's history there. The Scottie Pippen stuff, I mean, you know, I, I think he came off really poorly in that, that Knicks game where he sat out the year where Jordan wasn't around. Um, and, you know, Jordan was pretty candid saying, you know, this is going to have a stain on his career. You know, this is going to be, you know, people are never going to forget this. And I think that's true. And, if you know, I don't know if that's specifically what Pippen is pissed about, but I don't think he has, you know, I don't think he can really be pissed at anyone besides himself because even at the end, happen, right? he said, I probably would do it again. Like he, he admitted it. Um, so for Pippen, yeah, I get why he would be pissed, but I don't have as much sympathy uh, and then Gary Payton, I kind of talked about it before. He's the one guy who I would actually, you know, I, I feel like he has a pretty decent right to be pissed because they, you know, the Sonics took him to six games. They battled, you know, Gary Payton was great in that series. He did shut down Jordan a couple times and they kind of just blew, like, they gave him his time to talk and then they showed Jordan laughing at him and they kind of just <laughs> blew him off. Like I had no problem with the glove and it's like, well, you know, he, he kind of did a little bit. So Peyton, I think, has definitely, definitely a right to be pissed off. But, Danny, this um, reminds but, me of, like, Matthew Delvadova shutting down Curry for two games. At the end, yeah, the bigger yeah. pitcher is Jordan Wins. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't shut him down. That's, that's true. That's true. But, you know, <clears throat> I think, you like, it wasn't like they blew him out in the series. The, the Sonics, you know, they battled. And I think, you know, Gary Payton, I would say he, he deserves a little more uh, – I don't know, a little more kudos than than Delavadova. Because he was a good player. Payton. 
Hall of Famer, you know, like Delvadova. He Delvadova had those, you know, a couple great defensive games um, in that finals. But Gary Payton had a great defensive game, you know, pretty much every time he stepped on the floor. Until he played Jason Williams. Well, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> you, can't, you can't stop white chalk. That's right. Yeah. That's, right, that's, that's, right. That's, that's, a, that's a unique game right there. But, uh, Danny, we appreciate you uh, joining us this morning and giving it your insight. Uh, I'll, I'll hear from you again Tuesday when we record another episode of the podcast. Yeah. No, looking forward to it. Thanks again for having me on, guys. No problem. Have a good one, Danny. All right. Talk to you.